Hello, everyone, and welcome to Season 2 of the All Rise podcast, produced by Gonzaga University School of Law. I'm your host, Ryan McNeese. I'm a proud alumnus of GU Law, where I obtained my Juris Doctorate and MBA. I'm a lawyer and business owner in the Spokane community. In this season of the All Rise podcast, we are reflecting on the theme of Go Forth, inspired by the St. Ignatius of Loyola quote, Go Forth and Set the World on Fire. However, during the recording of many of these episodes, we weren't going very far physically because of safety measures in light of the COVID-19 pandemic. Regardless, we felt that now, more than ever, we needed to connect with our community. Many of these interviews were recorded using Zoom and similar technology, and we apologize for the audio quality. On this episode, Chantel Costner chats with longtime faculty member and expert in immigration policy, Professor Megan Ballard. Professor Ballard talks about Gonzaga University's immigration clinic, her recent trip to Nogales, Arizona, and the impact of pro bono work. I'm Megan Ballard. I teach at Gonzaga Law School. I do research and writing. I am working significantly with the Center for Civil and Human Rights. Um, That's what I'm doing. Part of that is um, your work with the immigration clinic. And let's, we can dive into that for a little while and then come back to some of our other questions about what brought you here. But I think that that's that's really, I feel like a really valuable starting point. So let's do that. So right before I left, I had a Fulbright in the country of Jordan. And right before I left for Amman, there were some initial conversations between the Law School Center for Civil and Human Rights and other folks on campus about trying to establish a partnership with Catholic Charities. Catholic Charities at the time had two lawyers doing immigration work, and the idea was to join forces and broaden the scope and the impact of that work. And and obviously, one big component of all clinical work that occurs here at the school is that students are able to be the ones that are active participants in that. And how, how are students engaging and interacting, and what's that collaboration look like with Catholic Charities? Well, the clinic began in the fall of 2019 when a Catholic Charities lawyer, Megan Case, joined the law school to be the staff attorney and director of the clinic. So that fostered the collaboration significantly. And um, Megan Case has been working with students directly and clients to provide legal services in the community. And moving forward, um, right now, a lot of immigration courts are closed. There is quite a bit of uncertainty as to what the practice will continue to look like in the coming months. But there are other options for working with students. And next year, I hope to begin working in the clinic myself to teach more of a um, writing-based and policy-based aspect to the clinic. A couple of possibilities might be working on appellate briefs for people who have appealed or people who are appealing an asylum claim or when the government is appealing an asylum case. Mm -hmm. So there are a number of different directions that we could build this project in and we're um, trying to figure out what would benefit students most and the community as well. How has the reception been within the Spokane community? 
what kind of feedback have you all received about this particular avenue of, of our service? So I've heard a number of people be very excited and grateful that this opportunity is now available. We have not been, as far as I know, we're, we're still getting this off the ground and building it up. So there is still an opportunity for more outreach to various communities. But of the different refugee and immigrant community members with whom I have spoken, there is quite a bit of uh, interest and relief, honestly. We'll come back to that conversation here in a little bit. I wanted to come back to where we left off earlier, which was what what brought you to Gonzaga University to begin with? You've been here at GU for quite a while, and I'm curious to know more about why you opted to come to Spokane and, and end up here at Gonzaga. So I was teaching law in the Midwest for a handful of years before I saw a job opening at Gonzaga, and that was very exciting to me for a number of reasons. I first visited Gonzaga two years before I began teaching here through a conference, one of the conferences organized by the Institute for Law School Teaching and Learning, and I loved it. I loved the people I met at Gonzaga and the students. I loved Spokane, and it worked out really well for me because I was raised in Seattle. I practiced law in Seattle. I passed the Washington Bar exam, so I'm a licensed member of the Washington Bar. And it is somewhat unusual for a full-time faculty member to be licensed in the state where they're practicing. The job teaching market is national in scope. So my first job was in Kansas, and I was not a member of the Kansas Bar. But fortuitously, I landed at Gonzaga with fantastic people, where I'm a member of the Bar Association, where there is a mission statement about building students and their profession, their professional profile to be servants for others. So it, it all worked out quite well from my perspective. Mm -hmm. You speak to the mission, which I think is something that many people that have come to work at this institution cite as being an important part of their work. Tell me, talk to me a little bit about that. Did you find a similar pull when you came here, when you saw that that humanistic and service-based tradition was really at the center of the work that was being done at the institution, as well as the work that was being done at the law school? And or how do you feel you contribute to that? Well, that's a big question. <laughs> it was okay until you got to that last part. <laughs> um, yeah, the mission and the values at Gonzaga were definitely a big pull for me. I have very much enjoyed being at an institution where my volunteer work is appreciated where I can merge my volunteer work interests with my scholarship interests, with my teaching interests, and all of that helps to reinforce each other. And that is possible because of the values of the institution. 
Now, how do I contribute to that? Um, I don't know. I just keep trying wherever I can. And I, I, I do think the clinic is bolstered, bolstered and reinforced by the mission and in turn helps to strengthen the, the mission of accompanying others and being in service to others. One more step back into time, you know, why the law? Why, why ending up in that particular career field? Was there something in particular that happened that inspired that? Or was it just sort of a natural calling that you felt like that this was a direction you wanted to go? Mm, not necessarily a natural calling because I didn't know any lawyers when I grew up. Um, my mother didn't graduate from college. I, I, I was not exposed to the world of law really at all. Um, but in college, I went to college at a time when there was quite a bit of conflict and violence in Central America and the US was becoming involved in those conflicts. And I became very interested in the rights of people enduring those conflicts. So um, that is a clear intersection with law, but rather than starting out exploring the, the rights of people in conflict through law, I began through a path of foreign policy towards Latin America. So that was my first career. I lived in Washington, I worked for Congress, I eventually got a a very lucrative master's degree in Latin American studies and um, worked pretty hard trying to track, monitor, even develop U.S. foreign policy in Latin America. And turns out that's not really doable for outsiders so much. So I became a little disillusioned and that's when I decided maybe law would be another take. With a law degree, that's that's a real tool, right? That's that's a tool that you can wield to for, for a number of reasons, and so it also gave me some geographic flexibility. I was no longer tied to Washington D.C. That's how I ended up going to law, trying to look at a different angle of exploring and fortifying really the rights of people impacted by violence and initially and over the long term really that's been violence in civil and international conflict let's let's go back to our conversation around the immigration clinic and um the work that you're doing with that you recently came back from a trip with students and staff members and alumni tell me about that experience and we can start by explaining to people um, what the purpose was and then we can segue a little bit into your personal um, experience with that. So there is a great need for legal advocacy in Mexico along the U.S. border. For over a year now immigration policy has been to um, take people in the United States who have crossed from Mexico into the United States in order to petition for asylum, give those people a court date in the United States, 
but send most of them back to Mexico to wait for that court date. Those people on the border in Mexico, many of them have no resources. Many of them still feel very threatened in Mexico, even though that is not their home country and they have fled their home country because of violence experienced there. So there is an increasingly vulnerable population amassing at border cities in Mexico in need of legal advice. And of course, there aren't a lot of US attorneys in Ciudad Juarez, in Tijuana, in Nogales, Sonora. So I saw an opportunity for the clinic to be able to contribute a little bit to the needs of people waiting for asylum in Mexico. So that's the background that gave rise to the need at this point. I was familiar with these various organizations that corralled pro bono attorneys to do um, asylum work. And by that, I mean helping asylum seekers with their petitions for asylum. So um, lawyers and law students aren't actually, aren't necessarily going to be acting as the lawyer for each person seeking asylum, but rather lawyers and students can provide advice and assistance and information to asylum seekers so they petition on their own as pro se asylum seekers. And that's what we did. I was able to coordinate with um, the Kino Border Initiative, which is a binational nonprofit advocacy organization started by Jesuits in Nogales, Arizona and Nogales, Mexico. Kino Border Initiative in turn partners with the Florence Immigrant and Refugee Rights Project, a nonprofit organization in Arizona to provide legal information, legal assistance to the people supported by the Kino Border Initiative. So after a lot of emails and phone calls back and forth, um, it worked out that we were able to bring five students we, over spring break. We stayed in Nogales, Arizona, and every day for the five days during spring break, we walked across the border and met with asylum seekers. And for one of those days, for the very last day, two of our alums, immigration lawyers from Phoenix, were able to join us and work alongside us, which was an absolute delight. And one of those alums was able to work with us for two days, Thursday and Friday. And it was an incredible experience to be able to work with such capable and committed lawyers who used to be students in my classroom. So that was really inspiring to me. And then on the other hand, to be working with students, some of whom were pretty brand new students, 1L students, and see their tenacity and their commitment to this work. Um, it, it was very inspiring. It was hard work. It was really hard work. I think we all kept each other going. Um, 
but it's um, it's work that needs to be done. And it was really an honor to be able to work with the asylum seekers who told us their stories and do that work alongside with students and alums. I had the opportunity to read some personal reflections that came my way from that trip, from people that uh, participated in it. And I think that each one of them had such a unique perspective of what it was like to be there and to do that work and to, to do that service. But there was some really, I think, some common themes, too, that it was hard. It was hard work. And it was kind of gut-wrenching at times. And, you know, so I think that there was a lot of takeaways that came from that process from, you know, on the student level of learning and understanding the work, but then also just being able to work alongside alumni and faculty members in that environment, I think was probably, I mean, that to me is one of the exciting parts about the work that we're able to do at this institution is we're able to collaborate like that in that unique way to help people. Um, I think one of the values is that it shows lawyers, students, lawyers to be, that you don't have to be a full-on immigration lawyer to be able to use your knowledge and your compassion and your tools to help someone else. I started out doing this work as a pro bono lawyer and I was pleased to be able to work with students in Nogales and underscore that, that this is challenging work, but it is so necessary and it's feasible to do this kind of work um, in addition to a regular practice. You You can do this as the focus of your practice as an immigration lawyer, or you can do it as pro bono service. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to go to Mexico to do it. Uh, I mean, there's great need, but there's great need in every community in the United States, which is one of the reasons why the immigration clinic at the law school is so important. I, th- I think it's interesting you brought up the the pro bono work component and how students can be exposed to that as a potential option of something that they can do within their, you know, their daily lives once they become professionals and are working. I'm curious to hear your perspectives on that. And I, and I say this in sort of a, that (laughs) overarching theme that we're exploring this current academic year, which is the go forth theme, go forth and set the world on fire, which I think this project and the work that you're doing really encapsulates that. Yeah, I do feel as though Gonzaga as an institution and faculty and staff as individuals really do um, encourage and hopefully inspire students to go forth and give back. Um, What we have in terms of being lawyers is an incredible tool. I think it's easy to forget that the knowledge we have and the understanding of the systems that we have is unique. There are a lot of people who can benefit from just sharing a little bit of that knowledge. 
um, I probably brought that home maybe a little too closely to my students this year, right? About a week before the Nogales trip, I'm feeling kind of um, buried in details of coordinating that travel. I get a voicemail message, a hesitant male voice with an accent saying, I don't know if this is the right Megan Ballard, but if it is, he went on to say that I had helped him with his asylum claim 25 years ago. And indeed, it, I will call him Fernando. That's not his real name, but um, this guy called me out of the blue and I'd so frequently wondered what had happened to him. He was my first pro bono asylum case, literally 25 years ago. And he, he naturalized as a US citizen the week before he found me and called me. So he'd been going through his documents. He saw my name on some documents and found me. So I'm talking to this man. We're both getting pretty emotional about it. And then I had to hang up and run to teach my property class. So of course, I'm a little bit of a mess. And I did recount the story to my property students. And I did so because it's important for me that students understand you can have this tremendous impact on somebody's life as a pro bono attorney. Yep, and he's happy and healthy and started his own business, employing other people. And it was, it was really great to hear from him. And then two weeks later to be able to carry on with that work. Mm -hmm. and, and educate and teach others how to carry on with that work. Yeah. Can I just say one of the other things that I yeah. really um, benefited greatly from, from this work in Nogales is learning from my former students. And as a teacher, I think there is, um, meth well, that's probably an overstatement, but it is incredibly rewarding to be able to see someone who you had a small role in professional formation, but to have them just a handful of years later turn around and teach you, that was very impactful for me. This episode of the All Rise podcast was produced by Gonzaga University School of Law with assistance from our colleagues at Gonzaga Instructional Development and Design. A special thanks goes to our alumni and donors who continue to support our mission of providing an excellent legal education informed by our humanistic, Jesuit, and Catholic traditions and values. Did you enjoy this episode? Let us know. Give us a shout out on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. You know the drill. Or you can learn more about this podcast and us at law.gonzaga.edu. Thanks for listening and go Zags.